Welcome back to another episode of Set the Tone Podcast here at Blink Tone Studios, where we talk to creatives, entrepreneurs, and everybody in between. Today we got Kevin Allen on the show. He's from Grand National. He's a photographer, a rapper, and he does his own production for his own videos. I thought we had a pretty great conversation today. We'd get into a lot of different topics. So yeah, let's get into it. Yes, sir. So was music kind of like your first passion and that's kind of like been your most strong passion that's kind of persisted until now? Yeah, I think um, music and photography, but music just took mm. off. Like it just, it's a different um, different level of freedom you know, mm. to, to be able to create like that. So that's probably been the strongest one. Been. When, when did you start doing photography? Uh, maybe 17, 18 years old, maybe something like that. Oh, okay. Like high school, kind of like photography class here and there, but um, always had a camera on me, always like was doing like album covers for the homies that I was around and mm-hmm. you know, learning Photoshop and all that type yeah. of shit. But yeah, I've been in it for probably just as long as I've been doing music. You know what I mean? What were you shooting on in the beginning? Some 35 millimeter film camera. Right. I got like a small digital camera. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I liked film for a while, but that shit is expensive to keep fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Getting that shit developed, so yeah, digital, came, digital came along, and everyone had a digital camera, and it just, you know, it's been that ever since, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, You know, if you could, where, what, what has been your trajectory, as in, like, what, what's your goal in art and business like where where have you been working towards and are you there yet or what what's your what's your goal um right now the goal has kind of shifted from solo artist to grand national like this crew that i'm putting together with my homies money and dudes and pass and Jesus, and we just all up my whole crew just kind of put together like Mm. super Mm -hmm. like like a team Right. So it's expanded from just myself and being a solo rapper. You just, you know, I'm going to be a rapper to now we have a company. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just growing. So now the, the goal is to create a production company that houses artists, musicians, um, directors, um, designers all in one. So you don't got to feel kind of like you're right. solo. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now the goal is just to kind of house that. That's cool. It's like more of a collective kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think that's super important, like creating those spaces where people collaborate or even see other people, other creators face to face, because that's like something we've talked about on this podcast before, like building, like starting Blinktown. It's cool to like start seeing artists face to face and like kind of working. It kind of gets you more motivated because like in the art field, it's a lot of it's a lot of like doing stuff to the neck very solo and it kind of gets you know it's it's cool but sometimes it gets a little bit you know dry or lonely and you lose that motivation but when you're surround yourself with people that are like-minded or creative it just kind of makes you want to do more kind of pushes you to do more so that's super dope and in terms of like production company are you talking about like films uh or just like everything under the umbrella just films and stuff like like, like we've produced um visuals like for, for our artist, right. you know, um, Jane Hancock or, you know, like Dame Lillard, we shot something for Dame Lillard for 2K. Oh, that's um, at his At his crib, we just built out a set and 
hired a crew and then we produced it and then we do music videos we do sick. podcast whatever we need to do like Monty does a podcast he's like 150 something episodes in oh so wow he's just been, you know what I mean so we just wow. do whatever it takes like he works with Adidas on some some basketball AU camp like Deuces writing treatments like so our right. whole crew just does a bunch of different things. I do like, yeah, creative sick. direction and like in art direction and photography. Mm. We, you know what I mean? So just whatever piece of the art, either we can do it or we mm. can find someone who can do it. Like you right. know what I mean? And <clears throat> what what do you what do you think? What do you attribute like that that shift in mindset in terms of like being kind of like this solo rapper or musician and photographer in terms and then like switching into like I kind of want to do this with other people what kind of what what do you think that what was that switch or that moment that you were like maybe I should team up or start working with other people um uh, my my mentor probably just learning business and like learning like different aspects of the game yeah. how to think it started to just become clear that not being able to delegate certain tasks, I'm mm. going to kill myself. Right. And then how many other people do I know that are just like me who are going to kill themselves because they're trying to do everything by themselves? Mm. So it's like, well, if you're doing it by yourself, you're doing it by yourself, you're doing it by yourself. It just kind of made sense right. to just let's lighten the load a yeah. little bit. You know what I mean? No, nah, it definitely makes a lot of sense. I think me and Adam have had conversations about that before because both just doing music videos, because, you know, music videos, it's like the way that we do them, it's like, you know, we're kind of doing the lighting plus the, the shooting plus the directing and the editing. So it gets like, you know, it becomes a lot. And then you do 20 or 30 videos a month. It's like after a while, no matter how much you love something, you're just going to come to like feel like this is a job. So we've definitely talked about, like, dude, we got to start doing more videos together so we can, you know, kind of break off that load. But yeah, yeah, that's super sick, though. I think that's <clears throat> delegating tasks. Yeah, because, man, you can, you just can't do it all, dude. Like, you yeah. know, and you could try, but I feel like. You kind of burn yourself out after a while when you try to do everything and you know yeah much. yeah it's all about keeping that momentum and like yeah. figuring out what what are the things that it's like i'm this is what i'm really good at this is what you're better than me at maybe i'm gonna do less what i'm less good at and then you're gonna pick up the slack where you know and then right. you kind of build off of each other but really though like really though that's that's what our music has become about. Like, that's what, it, you know what I mean? It's, it's wellness. It's taking mm. care of your family, taking care of your brothers, taking care of your sisters. It's really like working together right? and, and pushing that forward. Like, we can completely do some crazy shit and just whatever, but we just kind of like felt like, you know what? Like, those lanes are already filled up. The mm. lane that's not filled up is working together and saying it's cool to work together because I've never seen it not work. Like, mm. from cash money, Bad boy, yeah. Um, no limb. Everything I grew up on was a hundred people in the room. You know what I mean? Death row, like everything was just a hundred people in the room all the time. So if it's your turn for your album, we all focus on your album. Yeah. And when it's wow. your turn, we all focus on yours. Like that way, you get thirty people to touch it and play piano and bass and this, that, and the third. So every album is consistent and not. That shit weak, this shit cool, this shit better, this shit is like mm -hmm. everything has our whole vibe on it every single yeah. time you hear us. So yeah. we just wanted to keep that consistency through all the way through. And that definitely comes with problems as well. Like, do you, <clears throat> what are some of the, if any, you probably, I mean, you probably have a good team that you, you guys probably know each other, but like, 
working together in, in terms of like creative stuff. I know sometimes it's like having too much cooks in the kitchen. Sometimes it gets a little bit like <clears throat> people want to because when it comes to art, people get really passionate. So like when somebody has an idea to go this way and somebody else, you know, what are what are some of those like obstacles like in terms of creative differences? And do you think it, working with people have have helped you like kind of maneuver and, and listen to other people's ideas better? Like what do you, what do you think you've gained from that experience of working with more people opposed to being being by yourself and being to the neck? It's both. It's definitely both. Um, I try to keep the art first so whatever is best for the art right then i might gotta shut up mm -hmm. if i'm too too like cause passion kind of like blinds you a little bit like you could be passionate but if you're too passionate yeah it's like what's up with him like does, yeah does, yeah does the hi-hat matter that much like does Facts. that really matter like you know what i mean so we try to keep that that balance between each other to say if this isn't the sound we're going for and like I do, I do arrangements. Like that's my mm. personal thing. Like move that verse, put that here, cut that, trim this, add this. Like I'm like that kind of producer. Mm -hmm. So that's my thing. Right. And somebody else's thing is the hook. You do mm. the hook. You do that. Like you know what I'm saying. And together we make the shit happen. We also try to rely on bringing our egos down. So yeah it does exist because we're creatives and we're going butt heads and yada 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 and this that and third but it's only for the betterment of the project once it becomes personal then that person has to go you got to go check yourself you got to step out of here mm. what we're talking about is the art not you as my friend like you know what i mean so we just make that distinction that if we butt heads on something is this personal or is this about the music right. if it's about mm. the music then we can argue all day like yeah. you know the kick gotta sound like this and then we can fight like Mm -hmm. See Kanye do that shit on he went around I forgot the name of the song, it might have been Power or Stronger. Mm. Yeah. And he's going around different he's going to Timberland, he's going to Switch, all these different producers to change the one sound mm. until that sound is right. People yeah. might say he's crazy until the album come out and then he goes number one. So you know what I mean? Right. So that's the kind of mentality we want to have. Like right. I'll sure. die for the music, but I ain't gonna fight my partner. Like, on, yeah, you know, yeah. What I mean? so we just try that's to make, crazy. make sure that's clear. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it happen many times. Like people get into, <clears throat> especially as friends, like against altercations over just art and opinions and stuff like that. And it, it's hard to see because, like, you know, you can feel them, but at the same time, I always feel like it's really never that serious, to be honest. <clears throat> but um, you know, what do you remember, like? whether it be music or photography, do you remember, like, one of the first gigs that you ever got paid for in terms of, like, I like doing something off your art? Do you remember what that first gig was and, like, how was... And how did that change your perspective? Or, like, did, were you juiced off of it? Or was it, like, you know, what was the whole experience like? Um, so, I'm not exactly sure the very first time because I was selling beats. Mm. Yeah. 300 here, 400 here, like maybe 2005, six, I kind of started getting good enough to sell shit. And so shout out to my homie Bedrock. Bedrock is like a super producer. He's, mm. you know, worked with everyone that, you know, Guapale and all these people. And he kind of owned this studio called, now it's called Zoo Labs. But it was called something else back in the day, whatever it was. But he, um, I was working at this spot where we did like medical like billing or some crazy shit and I ended up getting fired like right before Christmas on some crazy just on some random shit like they just it was just weird yeah. how they did it and 
I had my first apartment. I had a kid, and I was just yeah. sitting there like, damn, like, what the fuck am I going to yeah. do? And then he calls me, and he's like, yo, you left some beats over here. Somebody just bought one for, like, 900 Like, I sold it for 900 Come, yeah. come get the money. And I was like, wait, what? Like, right. Uh-huh. I think my rent was, like, 700 or something. At the table, yeah. just something crazy low. But I didn't have no bread. So when he did that, it, like, gave me a spark to go, mm-hmm. oh, I could really... I yeah. can really do this. I could like sell my music. That's it. Did that you not it. realize before that you could monetize your music? Not. Nah, I mean, I didn't see my value as higher than what I was getting at the time. Because mm. yeah. I was just learning kind of how to make beats and I was getting good. But I didn't, you know, you don't really know yeah. what's what at that age at that time. You know what I mean? So I was kind of like, shit, like, get shit, give me a couple hundred, 300, 400, because that's mm. all people was buying it for. And they would start buying them and getting placements on the radio. I'm like, damn, maybe I should charge more. I didn't yeah. really know. And then he hit me like it was like nine hundred, nine fifty or something. I was like, so I could raise my prices now. I could, so that gave me the confidence to go like, uh, you know, I can really fuck with this. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, what's like? Because <clears throat> my brother's an engineer, so I kind of have like, and he produces, you know, beats as well. So I kind of have like a rough idea of how how beats are like made and how they're sold. But like. What's the? I mean, obviously, there's been a huge shift in how like music has been consumed and like sold and stuff like that. What's like, what is like the main difference? And do you think it's been harder to like sell beats for higher prices nowadays, or it's like it's become easier? Because I realize like, like you know, there's a lot more people making music right now, but then at the same time, there's a lot more of like the YouTube like free beats and like and shit like that. So what what is that like for in terms of like? being a producer and being in that space is it like been easier or been harder like how's that been um i guess if you if you look at it from like the one angle of just the production it's yeah. definitely gonna be hard right but so that's kind of what the group thing allows us to do is like to free up um cap space almost it's like yeah we can give you a beat but we're gonna give you the entire experience yeah. which we know other producers won't go that extra mile because they just want to flip the beat like it's right. like it's drug money like yeah i sell your beat you give me the money and then transactions over yeah with us it's like i can give you a beat but it's going to come with a song probably a concept probably a treatment for a video probably a placement on an album probably a photo shoot probably a, so it just expands mm. so if we just do production we're gonna have bass, guitar, key. We're gonna make sure the song sounds like nothing you ever bought from so and so on YouTube. Like there's no right. way. You know Do I mean? you sell that to artists outside of the group? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we just started. We just it just became official that yeah. production company. So now it's it's open to whoever. So we tapped in with um, shout out to this chick named Ricketti, Man, she's super dope, New York. Um, she came out here a couple weeks ago and just tapped in, and she's following the. The, the the path like okay come here this studio just get this person to produce it i'm gonna shoot the photos he's gonna write the treatment we're gonna mm. direct it i'm gonna dp it i'm gonna you know what i mean right. mm-hmm. and then we just lock that's it that's super so. interesting i like that yeah. concept because like i've i've thought about something similar where it's kind of like a funnel right where mm-hmm. it's like because you know you see a lot of artists and you kind of realize like you know not every all artists know like you know who to go for a beat and a music video and like everything the whole package so it's like offering an artist like you know boom come to me and i got <clears throat> everything you need to get this into an end product and and you're proud of it so like that's super interesting i've thought thought about something similar to that before that's crazy and 
do you have any is everybody like just a business partner is it you and and somebody else like yeah, what's the dynamic there of us that are, are um at the core of the the business aspect right every artist on grand national is it's hard to say it that way because we're not a label you know what right. I mean? so we we just are funneling um different artists together and bringing them together to work so the the core of the production company is myself, Jesus, Monty, Draper, and Brookfield Deuce. Um, yeah, man. Going kind of circling back to that first question. I mean, not the first question, but the question I asked before about coming, like coming into your first, like selling in the selling the beat, and noticing that you can make money in that in that area. What was like? It's probably a while ago, so you might not know it, like step by step. But like, what was the next kind of step? Did you just were you looking for that second job while trying to go harder on the beats, or was it like you just started going super heavy on trying to produce? Um, it's a little bit of both. Right. That security, like you know, what you're taught is just go get a job. Right. Mm. And the reality was the music was what was paying me at the time, so it might not be millions of dollars, but shit, nine hundred when I didn't have nothing at that time was like. 1600 to me so it was like all right cool well if i can do that a couple times a month then i don't need to have no job right. mm. and that's kind of how it started where you know i might have a job or a nine to five here and there but it was nothing that i ever took serious like i never thought i was going to be a engineer or a mm. computer designer or nothing crazy it was just like i'm just going to do music so however it panned out it panned out so i just started going hard at producing i just started going hard get my equipment together like pro tools and learn how to record myself and engineer and like that's what it was so when right. i got off work i was probably writing raps the whole entire time mm. and then came home and just recorded till two in the morning and just working to pay for music like that's yeah. all it was you know and I mean? for those people that don't know you like was this where was this all happening at oakland uh yeah. was oakland, all happening? richmond okay and um i did a brief stint in hayward and San Leandro, like as far as as an adult, like finding my own like apartments and live where mm. I can record, make a noise and shit like that, and mm. really disturb the neighbors. Okay. So yeah, just Richmond, Oakland, Hayward, like that's kind of like my like my route. Okay. Yeah, growing up. So, um, on a separate note, did you did you go to college, or if not, like what? What importance do you see, like, as, like, a kid coming up maybe in a high school that's maybe making beats or trying to trying to be an artist as a career? What's, in your eyes, what's the importance of college for that kid? Um, networking. Mm. It's all, like, networking. Like, I think it's been said a million times, but, like, did the dude who created college go to college? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just to network, to meet people. Like, however you get your information is how you get it. I'm sure there's beautiful classes and things you can learn. But from my experience, it's who you know. And yeah. if you don't know anybody, then it doesn't matter how good you are. Like, right. There's a lot of weak-ass people that get through the door because that mm. cousin worked there, that homeboy worked there. Yeah, we've seen so, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> college is cool. Like, I'm not going to shit on it. I didn't go to college. Like, I think I took, like, a semester and okay i don't know did some weird ass shit yeah it's the same as you but just. i had a I had a job like, right. i was just working at 18 years old like when i graduated that next week i had a job yeah it's definitely so. when you when you're working 
and going to school and you're making cool money like in my in my mm -hmm. experience i was already starting to develop this like video stuff so seeing the money and then seeing the school i was just like I, it doesn't really make sense for me to keep on going here i feel like i'm missing out on more opportunities because that's where i was meeting my connections and meeting my like you know the pe the people that i was gonna actually like aspire to be in that field or whatever like mm -hmm. college i just feel like i was just kind of going to go at a certain point but yeah. i mean like like you said though you know it's it's for you know some people i feel like for those people that are not sure exactly what they want to do i feel like college is cool because you know it kind of gives you like some type of regiment that you got to be doing every day if it's going to be paid for and whatever the case may be i yeah, feel like yeah. you should just go you know because at least you're building some type of skill instead of doing nothing you know yeah yeah it's real yeah no it's like if 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 it's not a financial burden on you and you can just go and you can yeah. go to those classes and you can just get something out of it. If there's nothing that you're sacrificing to go into those classes, there's kind of no reason not to go. Right. But. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of those like things that I hear the most. It's like <clears throat> people just going to going to classes and feeling like they they <laughs> just haven't. You know what I'm saying? They just feel like they're wasting the most amount of time. But on the flip side, I'll ask them like, dude, like, would you what would you be doing instead of this? And they just yeah. have like no real answer to. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like at a certain point, it's like as long if if you're not passionate about something, have something kind of going for yourself, you might as well just kind of go down that route until you figure it out. That's like a good. I feel like it's a yeah. good transition yeah. in between time because like, would you rather just be at the house doing nothing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Any more questions? Um, kind of transitioning into your photography. What What is your philosophy, or how how do you how do you capture people? Because that's that's one of the things that when I shot the video with you, I mean, kind of one of the reasons why you're on the podcast right now is that it was like when I was shooting with you, I was very I was I was shocked by the way that you were like talking to me, in the way that it's like. I very, very, very rarely shoot with people that have any understanding what's going on behind the camera. And I was like, I was so thrown off when I was like bringing equipment up and you were like leveling with me on the same kind of playing field of like understanding what I was doing when I was like capturing people. And so I was, I was so shocked, and I was like, "Oh shit! Like, I can't, I can't bullshit at this at this video because like he, he knows what I'm doing." Yeah, he was telling me that he was like, he he, he actually knew what he was talking about because you yeah. know there's those people that try to act like they know what they're talking yeah, about and yeah, they try yeah. to chime in, but at the end of the day, they're just kind of like, it's like you, you you take it with a grain of salt because right. it's just like okay, you know, like they yeah. you know, I can I can give them something and then they'll give me a feedback, but then they kind of, you know, you understand more than they do. So you just under you you kind of understand what the dynamic is. Right. One of the things and then after like I was kind of checking out some more of your photography, I was definitely like especially the the one that I think you posted on what was it July 4th with the flag in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was crazy. Like that 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 gave such a such a strong presence and such a strong vibe like like i definitely wanted to talk more about what how how do you capture people and where do you do you try to tell like a specific story when you're when you're capturing people or are you just giving giving a vibe off of a per like what what's what's your what's your reasoning behind how you capture damn like um that's a great question nobody's really i don't think ever asked me that but i think the vibe that I want to, there is story, there's a lot of story behind it, but I think I was sitting there 
the day before I took that photo, and I was just smoking, listening to music and shit, just kind of off to the cut. And then I'm looking at this flag, and I'm like, the juxtaposition would be to put a strong black woman in front of the flag. I didn't mm. even realize it was 4th of July. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, I just wanted to do the opposite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But I guess... I guess that's the the essence is is finding things that don't fit and trying to make them fit together, right. so it's not um, predictable. Yeah, and um, I think I just I'm just like a nerd when it comes to like studying. Hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to like studying like photography. Mm. And and videography and and lighting and then so I just became like interested in how it really works because a lot of people like you said they kind of just say whatever that ain't how this shit work like you mm. gotta know what kelvins you gotta set the light at you gotta know yeah. what angle works for certain people like but photography has taught me that like mm. my my mentor and some of my peers that are just like around my age and my homies they taught me so much about the real like how to shoot how to tell stories with lighting with the subjects you pick so i'm just completely immersed in that and then people meet like me as a rapper and they don't connect the two yeah but it's all art to me it's the same yeah. with music it's the same with photography same with directing it's all the same but all of it is a story you know what i mean you use certain lighting for certain people Somebody got a big ass forehead. You can't light a certain way because the shadows on the face. It's just like shit. You just gotta fucking up, like in order for yeah. it to work. Right. And I just take it hella serious. Like I mean, I just I'll nerd out on YouTube till five in the morning watching so and so's like how did Quentin Tarantino get this story out of you know what I mean? Yeah, like, facts. It's just something I enjoy doing. Whether it be sports, like some people love sports and they just nerd out on sports and can tell you every single player right. that did whatever the fuck. But I'm more like. Nah, shooting to the corner because it gives the room more depth. Like I'm yeah. into that. Like you know, what I mean? yeah. that's just what I'm into. So, are are there any specific photographers or like filmmakers or any any specific artists that like you particularly look at, or are you kind of more so like not super into specific artists? Um, no, I'm not super into specific artists like Gordon Parks or some like old school photographers like that. I kind of like love the work because they capture something that will never happen again like the the rareness of mm. Jim Crow and all that shit that was happening yeah. but at this point anything I see is inspiration anything any everything is inspiration any photographer I see is like oh that shit crazy and I'll go into a rabbit hole and okay boom alright what's up with this alright boom like you know what I mean and no. yeah everything is inspiration at this point is is there any like specific this this could also connect back to your music or like like as you're saying that all your artists kind of like inter interconnected. Is there any like specific story or any 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 one topic in general that you think that throughout your lifetime you just you just can't get enough of trying to like capture this in an art form? Like I know I know for me there's there's specific there's specific types of art that will never not be interesting to me like i'm i've always been from like in middle school i've always been into like really kind of gritty mm -hmm. like crime movies and that that was what was like always interesting to me and then that kind of carried into like how i make art that's what's interesting to me yeah. is there any like specific 
interesting topic that you think that is a reoccurring topic in in your art? Um, that enjoying the, the grit. I also grew up watching that shit and being a part of it and trying to find a beauty in it at the same time. Mm. You know what I mean? Watching um, my, I always use this reference, but it was the Juvenile High video. Mm -hmm. um, 400 Degrees album and all that shit. So when I watched that for the first time, they were from New Orleans, but it looked like they were from where I'm from in North Richmond. Mm -hmm. It looked kind of the same, but I didn't, at that point, I didn't understand the lineage between New Orleans and Richmond and how there was a, a generational connection. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a coincidence that they talked like Richmond, but Richmond was actually talking like New Orleans because their grandparents were from New Orleans. So this whole shit was just happening over my head. Could you explain a little bit more of that history for people to know? Yeah, so there was like redlining um, yeah. in Richmond, specifically North Richmond, where it's like a, um, an unrestricted area where it's not, it's part of the city, but it's really not part of the city. And it's kind of like closed off and it's by a refinery. Mm. And so all this poison is in the fucking air. All this shit is going on. And it, when people were migrating from New Orleans to Richmond, they were kind of put in these areas that weren't really um, unincorporated, I think, unincorporated, something like that. And they were put into these areas where they were forced to kind of work in these crazy-ass environments. So the New Orleans um, lingo and the, the accent was kind of just being built in Richmond. So the kids start talking like the grandparents and then so on and so forth. So mm. when I started growing up like in the 80s and shit, that's how it sounded. But I never knew anything about that until... Hmm. a few years ago and I was like oh shit that's why uh -huh. the connection was there so I'm watching this juvenile video like he looked like somebody around the corner from me like right now that looks like 5th street but it was mm. really you know hell of thousands of miles away yeah but the way the dude I think it's Mark Classfield the way he shot the video was like he would show an ambulance hmm. and show the MTs in the front but they weren't moving but the siren was moving and they would show like the dog oh, barking. They would show it was hood as fuck, but it was like beautiful at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. Like, how did he marry the two? Yeah. And I kind of started to do that. And then um, also like the beauty in women, like in photography and like a lot of like like nudity and things like that. I shoot a lot of that shit as well, because that's kind of how I grew up. Like it wasn't really taboo like mm. that to to watch a movie with some nudity in it. It wasn't like close your eyes and da, da, da. Yeah. I didn't really yeah. grow up like that so I could see the the beauty in women without it being sexual mm. yeah. I think a lot of people still have that that hang up that nudity is wrong or violence is wrong like this this whole country was built on violence but can I find the beauty in it can I twist it in a way where it's it's different or not even different but just capture how I think it should right. be captured it's that juxtaposition that you're talking yeah. about it's, that's why I love like the kind of the the new generation of like music videos and photography it's like a lot of you know sometimes we get tired of like going to the and like shooting the same videos over and over again but then like you do run across those artists or like those certain videos where you're like damn this is so crazy like this is just you can't get this kind of vibe or you know aesthetic or anything anywhere else and it's just super <clears throat> super cool but that's that's growing up in growing up in richmond what was like the at the time what was the the community of like 
like photography and music i know it must have been different like what was it was it did you have any friends that were doing any photography or were like nah. did you feel like you were the only person doing <laughs> that at the time nah like it sounds crazy but i really felt like on some alien shit because mm. it's just where i was from mm -hmm. and i didn't see nobody doing it and i didn't see anybody making music at a high level either right. it was easy just to do like simple gangster shit but I listened to so much different kinds of music growing up, so and different kinds of rap. So it just became like, if I'm gonna do any type of street reference rap, it has to be authentic to myself. Yeah. Um, and then the same with photography. I didn't know anybody that was a photographer. I didn't know anybody that did that from where I was from. It was like the regular shit, play hoop, sell dope. That was kind of it. Like you know what I mean? It wasn't really options like that from what I could see. Mm. So. To have a camera, to have access to a camera, to even want to go do it felt like I was on some weirdo shit, mm. you know what I mean, opposed to what was going on around me. But back to what I was saying earlier, I just felt like doing the opposite. I just always felt like doing the opposite. So everybody selling dope, I think there's a different way to sell dope. I think there's a you don't got to actually stand right there on the corner to do it. You could do it a different way. Right. If I'm gonna take photos, I'm gonna really take photos, and I'm gonna do it a different way. I'm gonna try mm. to do it. If I'm gonna rap, yeah, I can rap about street shit because I'm in this environment. But I could also do it a different way. It doesn't have to be the same as everybody else. Like that's boring as fuck. Like you know what I mean? It's how kind of how I felt about it, and I just stayed on that course. Win, lose, or draw, I just stayed on that course. Like man, fuck it, I'm gonna be laughed at. Yeah, you know what I mean? But shit, that's, that's where the that's the where the real art comes from, though. It's just going the other way. Like you know it's easy to fall into that monetary trap where, you know, it's easy to <clears throat> copy and, you know, copy and paste because it's easy to make money that way where you just, you know, copy other people's style and see what they're doing and then just emulate it and just start making bread off of it. But taking that leap where you just go the other way is where you really find the, the, the true, the true stuff and really cool shit. Yeah, I want to, I also wanted to ask, like, do you think that, it it's you know like in in lyrics or in movies or in photography do you think that you know violence in in those different mediums when it's when it's exploited do you think that it's like where where is where's the line to where it's like glorifying the violence do you do you find that there's any way to glorify violence in a way that's counterproductive or do you think that if it's true to someone then it can't be counterproductive because they're just telling their story i think it's it's like a vibe and that word is such a you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's different for everybody but i think it's a vibe when you see something and it doesn't feel authentic then it's exploiting you right. like if you can look at you like this is just because and at the end of it if there's no resolution to it then it can be looked at as exploiting if there's no critique or there's no like self-awareness or takeaway from it yeah kind of yeah kind of yeah, like a mix between that like the the art the the directors and the people that are producing it they have to have some sort of end goal right. and then the person in front of the camera has to be delivering this like why am i killing this person right now like what yeah. is the point yeah and if it's just a story, but if it's a real story or based on things that someone has seen, then I can't critique it because mm -hmm. it is art. 
and it's very hard to critique anybody's art. Like you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's their art. It's their story. Mm-hmm. I can think it's not good compared to the things that I've studied that I believe are good. Mm. But it's so subjective, you know what I mean? But yeah. I do think there's, you know, in early two thousands, like um I'll use this example, like NWA, for example, like it started off kind of political mm-hmm. and then it just started kind of moving into what people call gangster rap and then mm. people emulated mm. that. The and second it, part. Yeah, then it became just gangster rap. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. okay, well, what happened to the, like, what they you were fighting for something. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I see what people. you mean. Yeah. So now I, I like it, but I'm not really sure why I'm killing people now. I'm just killing people. Yeah. yeah, like you know, what I mean, yeah. you so. just took all the glory out of it instead of like the actual, the meaning and everything behind it. Yeah. I feel what you're saying. Do you think that? Because there, I think that there's a difference between like, you know, when when there's when there's art being created, there's usually there's there's the person who is the like. Let's just make an example of like an artist making a song, and they you know they have like violent lyrics or they have lyrics that that's like. Yeah, it's this, this violent or could be seen as exploitive or like not true to themselves, where like a place where you would draw the line. Where where do you feel is there like a more should the person who's photographing that person that is maybe like now telling this other person's story or shooting the video and now telling this other person's story? Do you think that there is like a connection between the morality between the person who's documenting this other person's story or do you think that it's two separate jobs and it's not connected uh, i personally believe that it's connected i believe mm-hmm. that as storytellers or if you if you have the medium it's like um artists aren't children but kind of what you were saying earlier like sometimes you show up you don't know what's going on like we shoot the same thing over and over again mm. like but as a, as a storytellers, you got to look to see who it is you're assessing. Like, who is this right. person? Mm. And just talk to them. Like, shit, okay, this is your story. How real is this story? Like, yeah. is this for real who you are? Because I meet a lot of gangster niggas, and they just be sweet people mm. at, the bottom, at the end of it. It's like, damn, so why are you acting like this? Yeah. Right? And it's not my job to, like, do any psychology work on them to figure out you know, can I get them to be different? Mm-hmm. But I was watching, was it Moneybag Yo? We was watching Moneybag Yo video. And you got the song with the lean. Oh, the Wa- video. Oh, Wakisha? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he loosened up a little bit and made a more lighthearted, funny video. Yeah. But he could have just did it regular. And just right. had the cup mm-hmm. and just had the drink and just whatever. But mm-hmm. he chose to kind of like, all right. But somebody convinced him to do that. Somebody was like, show your lighter side. Yeah, right. and I think that's part of storytellers' jobs yeah. to go. Let me step you out your box a little bit because you're gonna look like everybody else if you don't. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Got to show that light side to it because it's such a like if you shot like a regular video, it just almost <clears throat> you would have made it. It, would, it just seemed too much about drugs. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like less so like oh, this is like you're enjoying the nice song with the nice videos. It's like you're starting to think like wow, this is really just about lean, and this is super crazy that we're making this super cool. It's like it's interesting that you say that because yeah, like sometimes you know like you're hired for a job and you're just trying to make you know ends meet, so you kind of got to do what you got to do. But sometimes I do sit back and I realize like you know because. I get in that mode where 
you know, some videos I'll listen to the song beforehand and really get the vibe for the for the song. And sometimes I'll like pull up and listen to it for the first time. And that's no disrespect. It's just in terms of like what they're paying for and then like what mm -hmm. the package is. But then like you do start to realize like what this song is about. And sometimes it doesn't align with what you really you know, you start thinking like, damn, yeah. this song's super disrespectful. Like, yeah. And it's just yeah. like, damn, it's, like, it's and, and, and sometimes I do get to that point where you're like, I got to put my tag on, on this. And I just feel super yeah. uncomfortable because yeah. I've been in those instances where I, I was like, I'm not going to put my tag on this. And then I sent it to the artist and they're like super offended that like, yo, you didn't try or something? Like, why yeah. didn't you put your tag on it? But it's just like, yeah, you kind of do sometimes got to think about your morals and think about what you're putting your name on. It's like, yeah, you're getting paid, but. You got to think about, you know, obviously your your image and what you're putting your name on. But like, wh what are people going to think of like, when they listen to the song and like your name's directly attached to it? It's like yeah. crazy. It's like you, you got to pay your bills. But at the same time, it's like you do have a kind of a responsibility to kind of like maybe like you said, like that was a perfect example. Like if it's something about drugs, maybe make the video or the, the, the photo shoot just a little bit lighter, kind of a little bit like opposite of what the mood of the song is just to kind of yeah. give that like okay he's kind of playing around kind of vibe where this is just not you know what i mean like yeah i feel like we do kind of have some type of responsibility in terms yeah. of giving especially on the visual side kind of re representing this artist yeah. in a certain way for sure the, re the kind of the reason why i asked that is because that's one of the things that i've been thinking about and i know that we we've talked about this like just 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 as far as like the videos that we're shooting because it's like you know, just being shooting videos in Oakland, shooting videos in the city, it's like, you know, mo a lot, a good portion of the videos that people are booking us for, it's like, they're gonna, they're gonna be a lot of like, you know, gang kind of videos or like, they're doing a lot of stuff in the videos. And it's like, like one of the, like genuinely one of the things that's really kind of stuck with me is that one of the, one of the videos that like I, like I shot for, like the main guy who was in the video and like, like, I don't want to get too much into it, but the main guy who was in the video was clearly a diss video and, you know, clearly had all, all the stuff in the videos. And then the next day, the same dude who shot for was gone. And it was like, and, and, and I, you know, I don't want to put too much on the internet, but, you know, I shoot, I shoot for everybody in Oakland. I know all sides, all sides in Oakland. So it was very clear kind of what happened. So... And then, I, and then that really kind of made me think, like, okay, most of the videos that I'm shooting for, it's like, like genuinely, even when I'm listening to music, I'm not, most of the time, I'm not really even listening to lyrics. I'm kind of, I listen to music for the vibes. Like, I don't listen to lyrics as much. But when I do listen to the lyrics, and when I do see what's in the videos, sometimes I'm just like, ah. Like this really is this you know it's like you know it's cool because it's like sometimes it's just like you know that's what's going on and like that's what people pay me to do and then that's that's what that's what people know me like that's the kind of videos that people like see me shooting so you know it is what it is but then sometimes it's just like damn you know that's just that's just not me. I mean it's interesting though because it's like what. what what's like your responsibility to like understand like all the politics and what's going on yeah. cuz at the end of the day you're just somebody trying to like make money off his art and trying to go the opposite direction that you yeah. know some of these people are trying to go so it's like you kind of do i feel like once you get to know certain artists like when i've come to build a relationship with the artists and i just know that it's like 
they're having some problems or whatever, then it's probably smart to not just go shoot with the, with the you know, the, the ops or whoever. But, but I try that, not to But think then that's about like picking sides. Yeah, it's like and picking sides. Like, it's just super weird dynamic. Like you would rather be kind of like it's neutral blind into like, what's going yeah. on. But at the same time, like you said, it's just after a while, it's like, being just a person it's kind of hard to like be blind to because you just hear it in the song and then you know you're editing and you hear it multiple times and you're just like, like right, oh wait saying? this is what he's yeah. actually saying this is yeah. crazy yeah. Like, he, he's talking about somebody who i know <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah 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 and so it's it's interesting like what is yeah like what is the um like yeah what is the responsibility of like the director or somebody on the other end like of are they do you feel like yeah, some people feel responsible to understand that and I, like i can understand where you're coming from where it's like you've seen something really happen directly caused of what happened i mean that song was going to get put out regardless so yeah. it's like you know there's nothing you could have done about that but at the same time it's like do you it's hard it's hard yeah I mean, yeah it's for me both sides are important like as as a pure artist like take me out the music shit as a pure artist I couldn't see myself being so high and mighty that I'm not going to shoot somebody's video because he's doing whatever the fuck he's doing. Right. Yeah. On the flip side, as an artist and as someone trying to like build like a company and it's based in like wellness, then the destruction part that they're being a part of is really their life. Mm. And I've seen it and I like come from it, but the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now is because I've seen it and I come from, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of like I don't want to be around it. Yeah. But for to, for you guys to take any responsibility for somebody else is too much. Like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't take responsibility for someone's actions, but it does put you in the middle if you got to shoot so-and-so video tomorrow and then the other homie video the next day and they're yeah. and y'all are kind of like in the middle in it. So my only... Not even advice, but my only um, suggestion would be to start raising your prices mm-hmm. to a point where you you're accepting quality work, even if it's gangster shit, even if it's hood mm. shit, yeah. but top tier mm. hood shit, like top tier shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I could listen to Moneybag, y'all could listen to Little Baby, I could listen to all the all the top tier hood shit. Right. But once I start getting to so and so that just got the stick for the first time, he walking around, he tripping, and he, I'm probably not gonna shoot that one. Yeah, because you right. don't have no concept of what it's like to be on time, to be professional, to you got to look over your shoulder. Like, I don't want those kind of issues because y'all running like a real business. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So then you got your clients got to start be real businessmen at some point, and right. you might take an L for a little bit. But in the long run, mm-hmm. you're going to come out on top. Like, yeah, there is a power. <laughs> yeah. I don't want no yeah. parts of that. There is a power in saying no. Like, you know, you kind of do, <clears throat> you know, once you start saying no, you you kind of like, you, you do see more opportunities that you, that kind of fit your morals come come into play. Because, like, if you're just saying yes, obviously you get greedy. But, like, you then then you start, like, attracting those clients that are just willing to shoot whatever. And they're, they're kind of just... <clears throat> on the point and shoot kind of vibes but when you kind of yeah, like he said raise the price and start saying no you you start to attract those clients but the only downside to that is like you do limit the people that you're working with a lot so like i mean it's kind of like 
it's a win-lose situation yeah. but i mean yeah. it, it just depends on like you know like you said just your morals and if you're if you're goal is just to only work with people that are not on that kind of stuff then yeah you might have to raise your prices and figure out how to weed out those kind of clients for real it's they're not if they say they don't got the money it's it's just not true right you know what i mean like yeah people aren't as broke they're only broke when it comes to paying for art that's when they decide mm. oh right. but they got the shoes the clothes the guns right. the bitches the vacations right. the, they got all the cars all the shit and it's like, yo, this video is fifteen hundred. Then it's like, yeah. Oh, so just go fuck with somebody else, right? That's gonna give you some bullshit for two hundred or whatever it is that you're looking for. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, just the business part of it, I don't want to hear that shit. Like, I don't want to hear that. You lying if you're saying you ain't got the bread. That's interesting that you said that because I was talking to somebody about tattoos the other day, and you know. I, I pride myself in like the tattoos that I got. Like I, I really like the artists that I went to, <clears throat> and you know I kind of you know being in the art field, like I value like somebody that is just really good. I don't really care about the price. Like yeah. at the end of the day, if they're gonna give me like you know just for this little tattoo right here, it's like this big. I paid a thousand for it because like the guy just was, you know, he's the guy in his field. And you know every time I go somewhere, somebody will be like, bro, like I'm that's a cool tattoo. How much you pay for it? And I tell them, and they're like, oh nah, my guy will whole sleeve for four hundred dollars yeah. i'm like bro like you vow like dude your <laughs> shoes are more than your whole sleeve like that's not a yeah. problem to you like you you're like your your shoes and your your like your chain is more than what's on your body that's so crazy that you mm -hmm. actually think that way and people really just feel like when it comes to art like you said it's really it's they're trying to that's when they don't have the money for it they're just trying to cheat their way through it because it's almost like when it comes to like tattoo artists and directors and stuff like we're all kind of like you know if we're working with like rappers or artists we can relate to them you know they mm -hmm. kind of see us as like these kind of cooler people so they feel like you know why would i be paying this person a lot of well, money i like, think you know because it's just like why, they feel like they yeah. they feel like they kind of have like this you know similarity <laughs> I, I don't know what it is but they feel like they're able to just like you know get by on prices because you're somebody that they kind of look at you less as of a legit legitimate business like you know you don't go into walmart or somewhere and be like hey i'm actually gonna take this for two hundred dollars actually right and then i'm gonna pay you i'm gonna pay you after exactly. i after you're done like i you know i'll tell people after i'm done with the shoot like you know you pay me the bread and then that's just how it works and i've had a couple people like nah i'm gonna pay you when you're done with the video and whatever i'm like okay I understand where you're coming from on that perspective but this is how i do business and like this is the way we're going to do it because you came to me like we're not you don't go into target and try to negotiate well, bro. I, I, <laughs> I do i do understand to a certain extent why people kind of have like a large confusion when it comes to like artistic pricing right because i think that it's like it's it's really easy for people in their minds to understand like you know even okay even if like a $300 pair of shoes, it's like maybe maybe the cost of materials was only like $60 and the markup was super huge. But in, in that person's mind, it's like that's that's a the material warrants it to be $300. It's a it's a physical product. Mm. And it's like and, and even like a like a flight. It's like, you know, people aren't consciously thinking about it, but it's like, you know airlines they have to pay for, like right. it's there's there's a reason why that price is that price they can't drop their price below that because mm -hmm. they wouldn't be able to sell it mm -hmm. but it's with like with art essentially it's 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 hard for people 
to understand because art is like an artistic work is kind of intangible even photography or videography it's it's fairly intangible it's not like people it's not like you're losing money necessarily to give like to give them a a a, a photo right. or to send them over they don't but, see the expenses going in yeah they it, there's there's no there's no like real tangible expenses that you're giving them that you can't take back it's like all the expenses that you have paid for it's like you you invested up front and mm. you're not giving you're not giving them a portion of your camera every time you send them right, a, a piece right. of photography so it's like in their mind it's like the the what the, you're charging them for a photo shoot it's just like it's whatever you're just making up the price and it and it could be you could technically mm -hmm. do the same photo for free like walmart for no reason there would be no reason for them to give you a pair of shoes for free because they paid for the cost of right. that it's like you're not losing any money by In sending there. But it's like, like I understand where they're coming from, but that's that's kind of like that's the difference between, I think, why there's so much pushback with with people in paying for art because it's like it's it's hard for people to understand where they all, all the investment. Yeah. Okay, for sure. Pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And yes, but it's all in our mind. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I agree because that that is how people kind of see art. But all of this shit is in our mind, and it's all subjective. Yeah. Because we don't know how much the shoes really cost. Yeah. We could just assume, like, damn, McDonald's sells me 99-cent burger. We can assume it didn't cost them 99 cents to make it because they wouldn't make any money. Yeah. So if you can afford to sell me a cheeseburger for a dollar, your markup is probably 80 90%. Like, what it, like so it yeah. costs you 10 cents to make this burger? Yeah. Like we're all guessing at that point. So the yeah. same with the art. Like somebody could say, like kind of what you said, like, hey man, I just want to get a photo shoot, man. I just want two pictures. Right. Yeah, but now I have to go, yeah, but all the work that I put in, all the years I put in, understanding lighting, understanding creative processes, understanding customer service, understanding how to use my camera, all of this shit, editing to get you two pictures mm -hmm. and you're not a professional model or professional actor or whatever it may be, it's mm -hmm. going to take me an hour to do that. Yeah. Because it ain't just click, click. What if your eyes are closed? What if you look stupid as fuck in this picture? Right. I can't just give you two pictures. It's going to take me an hour right. to do so. Now, my time, you can't tell me how much my time is worth. Yeah. I'm telling you how much my time is worth. And my time for this hour is $500. Mm -hmm. Or I could be somewhere else with my family doing whatever I, I want to do with my time. Yeah. So that that's yeah. the part that it's like my value is all of the days and hours and months and years I put into understanding my craft. That's what you're paying me for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you call me to, to do a verse, I'm not paying you for the words and for the bars and for the 16. Mm -hmm. I'm paying you because I took time away from kicking on my family and working on my own music to come do something for you because you want to use me as value to sell your song. Right. Mm. So I'm doing you a favor by even charging you this much because my time is, you can't afford my time. Right. Yeah. Making up, I am making up a, a, a fee. Yeah. And if you don't think I'm that valuable, then don't fucking call me. Right. Like, mm. That's kind of how, I, you know what I mean? No, nah, yeah. definitely. I think that's, I couldn't agree more. It's like you're paying me for the time it took me to get to the, the position where I'm at. And not only even on the artistic side, but also on the um, 
on the other on the other hand where you're interacting with the clients because that's like the other big part like when you hire somebody artistically like you want somebody that's going to be able to walk you through the process and you're going to feel confident like because you know you're handing somebody a, a lump sum of money at the end of the shoot you can't really guarantee that they're going to actually you know provide what they're saying that they're going to provide so all you can all you can take away from that that shoot or whatever it was was the experience that you had and how comfortable that the director or the photographer or the engineer made you feel in that moment which is super important i feel like it's it's really the time like you said it's just <clears throat> you're paying for you're paying for the time and and the knowledge not not the equipment or or mm. the material yeah the, the t like you said the tangible things that you could grab onto it's really it's really in the mind for them yeah yeah um I think maybe going back to kind of like a personal career wise question like what if you could if you could run back the clock and you could go back to whatever time in your life before you started really progressing in your career what were the mistakes or what were the things that you would have done differently because you know it's like it's easy it's easy to say like oh like I don't I have no regrets. I, I I like where I am right now, but just if if like what what were some of the mistakes that you made that maybe you could have even if you didn't do them differently, you could have just told your younger self like, yo, that was that was wrong. That's crazy. Uh, me personally, like just just me as a as a human being, um, definitely worked work with more people. Like kind of like I'm doing it now, mm. but I just didn't really give a fuck about nothing mm. at that age. Like I'm just doing what I want to do. I'm making music, so I would tell my younger self just to network more, just to mm. be um, more approachable, um, gain more resources, and stay connected to the resources that you did have. Because I could have a, a thousand industry friends, but call them. Yeah. Pick up the phone, shoot the shit. Like you know what I mean? Like what's up with it? How you doing? Da, 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 da. Nothing about music. Nothing about trying to get something from nobody. Like mm. just establish better relationships in general and continue the relationship. Um, I just I just wasn't into small talk. Like you know what mm. I'm saying? Like I just if I'm somewhere I'm out and about and someone's like, hey, uh, nice tattoo or some shit. I'm like. All right, thanks, man. Get the fuck out of here. Like I just, right. I just Same didn't way. really care for it, you know. What yeah. I mean? But now I understand that that could be a millionaire ready to invest, mm -hmm. and I just blew him off because I didn't want to talk to him. Like right. you know what I'm saying. So I think that that would be the biggest thing I would tell my younger self is just, yeah, fuck with it. Like go outside and meet people and right. have a have an open um, ear. That's an acquired skill for sure. Like yeah. also carrying a conversation. Whereas like I think that's something that we're starting to develop doing this podcast, which is cool, is like taking a conversation and, you know, making it last and just, you know, keep it up and keep that energy there. Cause yeah, like you said, bro, when when it's those little random conversations, you really just don't know who you're talking to. Like I've ran yeah. into people that I've talked to and then somebody will be like, That's so and so and you're like really like you know yeah, what i mean yeah. and it's kind of like messed up that you're thinking about like damn i should have done more after knowing who it was which yeah. is so it's like really you never know who who you're talking to or you might who you may run into so it's very it's a skill though for sure you got to build that up and just yeah <clears throat> develop that yeah i really though asking questions i just learned how to ask more questions when i'm talking to people just learn mm -hmm. how to 
worry about the other person and not myself. You know right. what I mean? Like having a conversation, like, what's up with you? Where you from? What you got going on? What's up with you? And then people just open up. They'll just tell you everything you need to know. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether they're an asset to you or not, you'll find out. But that's not my my first mind to do that anymore is to make it about me. Right. It's like, what's up with the other person? And then once I understood that, hey, I wish I could tell my younger self, like, hey, man, just it's not about you right now. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not that I was ever self-centered to the point where I didn't recognize other people. I just I think I assumed other people weren't really worried about me because everyone else is worried about themselves. So I'm just like, well, it's every man for themselves. Yeah. It's the independent. We're from the base. Independent. Get it on your own. Mm. Get it on your own. Yeah. And that's not really how yeah. anything works in life. Yeah. Like, you always got to have someone <laughs> right. to help you. Like, you know what I mean? Whether it's your parents, whether it's your homies, there's always a person that's helping you. Like, if, yeah. you, if you're doing it by yourself, you're not going far at all. Yeah, you know that's I mean? very true. And I've asked this, I've asked this kind of like a, you know, deviating from that what we're talking about but i've asked this to mostly every podcast what um and it's interesting because you you know you produce photography you make music what was one if you could share like one thing that enhanced the business side of 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 your work like in terms of either it be bookkeeping or keeping a calendar or like what is something that you could you can give somebody out there that's a little bit younger trying to make some money off this. Like, what what was one of what was a what's a tip you can give that kind of made your the financial side a little bit easier? Because I feel like people that are in the art world are not too familiar of like bookkeeping or keeping track and stuff like that. And that's really yeah. what's it's hard to balance and hard to learn. Now, obviously, you could YouTube, but like you know, it's like what was one of those things that kind of helped you keep organized or you know enhanced your financial kind of situation in terms of um. art start kicking it with people that that do care about it you know what i mean mm-hmm. more than you do even if like i'm not i'm not super bad like with money or keeping track of things but it's also not my first mind so right. if it is someone else like dudes or, or Jesus or somebody that's in the crew to make a spreadsheet hang i kick it with people that don't just rap if you if everybody rap you're not about to get far at all. Like mm. everyone cannot do the same job. Like someone yeah. has to do wardrobe. Someone yeah. has to do the bookkeeping. Someone has to do the photos. Someone has to yeah. do something else. Everybody rapping, then somebody's gonna spend the money on rap shit. Yeah. You gotta have somebody saying, Yes, but not right now. Mm. Tomorrow we're gonna do this. Okay, it costs a thousand for this. We only made six hundred, so you can't do that. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. A rapper's gonna go, No, I want those shoes. Mm-hmm. I'm buying up shoes, but if you start studying business, then you understand like, or not even business. If you from, if I don't want to just disrespect telling people, let me not say that. Let me. Um, if you're in the street and you're doing shit and you hustling, then you know you don't spend the real. It's just a part of the game. Like you just don't. Like you know what I mean. You gotta wait. You wait. You wait. You stack. You stack. You stack. So it's almost common sense. But a lot of people get caught up with how it looks to be on, how it looks, and they spend mm. the money before they make the money. Or yeah. as soon as they get the money, they spend it. Right. You got to surround yourself with people that don't think like that, that, that got your best interest at hand. Like, man, fam, you can't buy the, the car right now. Just wait. Let's carpool. Mm-hmm. Let's like, you know what I mean? It just doesn't look as cool right. to you. But don't nobody give a fuck about you enough to even judge you in that way. So <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, my yeah. advice would just be 
all the shit people been taught and think, ask yourself where it came from. Right. Yeah. Why do you think that? Why do you feel that way about your fucking money? It's your money. Like the shit we just talked about with value and shit like that is I I value myself enough to know I study this shit. Kind of what you're saying about the video shoot. Like if I'm going to pay you to come shoot a video and I don't know what I'm doing, you could tell me anything. And just shoot anything and I'm like, "All right, cool." Yeah. But also, if I'm into this art shit, now we can have a conversation and say, "Ooh, what about this? What about that?" Cuz the mm. art is important. But my money is important too. So yeah, right. like if you said, "Man, I charge 5,000." I'm like, "All right. Here." And then you just do like this and then walk off, then mm-hmm. I just got fucked out of some money and didn't even right. know it. So yeah, right. just keep people around you that do other things. Yeah, and that's so important. Number one, somebody around you that keep they keep your money uh, intact. Like, yeah, you know like, yeah. But so, right on. That was, that was a great conversation. I thought that we went into some interesting topics. I appreciate so you right, sliding I through. Appreciate you, man, for real. For sure. Is there anything you wanted to shout out or anything that you wanted to? You know, talk about before we end the conversation. Uh, Grand National at the New Parish, August 6, 2021. Um, nothing lasts forever. Kevin Allen album's on the way. Coordinates, Brookfield Deuce is on the way. Flowers, Password album is on the way. Season one is on all DSPs now from Grand National. Twice on Sunday, BTS, Jay Hancock, the whole crew, Ian Kelly, Champ Green, Deep blood soul. Um, I'm gonna forget a million people by doing this. I always shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> Draper, you know what I mean? Um, it's the whole squad, man. Grand National, you know I mean Kevin Allen. Facts. Appreciate right y'all, man. Appreciate you. Thank man. you. Yeah. Cool.